0: On today's podcast, No New Baseball News. So, we are going to be talking a lot about college basketball and what is going on with the Kansas City Chiefs and all across the NFL. That and all more on this episode of the Fumbling Punter Podcast. Welcome into the Fumbling Punter Podcast. I'm your host, Devin Keeney, and your co-host, Lucas Jones. What is up?
1: Oh, not much. Not much, which seems to be the sports theme right now.
0: Yeah, especially the uh, kind of free agent theme in baseball. I thought that for sure, for sure, someone would have signed since we last recorded, but here we are, Lucas.
1: No, the the only drama thing was like J.D. Martinez's contract took like an extra week uh yeah so yeah but other than that nobody's really been signed like officially yeah and i
0: i talked before we got on here we talked before we got on here about uh bernie's piece kind of reinforcing what we've said that front offices are kind of changing and uh you know they don't want to spend money on past performance they want to spend money on future performance and that, coupled with something you've been talking about for a while now, which is staying under the luxury tax, uh, what, what are we going to see these guys sign before the start of the season?
1: Yeah, we should. Something's going to give. Um, there's some teams that have some money that might make some moves. I read today that Philadelphia is interested in Arrieta or Cobb. And then someone suggested that, you know, there's been talks in Philadelphia about uh, them having enough. Right now they got the lowest payroll in baseball, lower than the wow. Marlins. So they were talking about maybe them signing Jake and Alex Cobb at the same time. And I think that's feasible now if they're both willing to take a little less than what they think. But they're going to have to take a little less than what they think they're Oh, absolutely. Anyways. But if they could fit together then, you had them two guys to like Aaron Nola and Vince Lelaquez, and uh, they got some Jared Eickhoff. Uh That's a pretty decent rotation. I think Philadelphia, I think, you know, they're getting a good look at their position players right now since spring training is underway. If they think the offense is there, they may go forward and semi-compete.
0: Yeah, and I don't know why they wouldn't at this point with so many teams tanking. You think if you give it 100%, you're going to pick up 15, 20 wins? Well,
1: they got all these young guys, you know. They Well, they signed Carlos Santana, so they're moving Reese Hoskins to the outfield. They got that Scott Kingery. They got J.P. Crawford. Uh, they still got that Cesar Hernandez and Freddy Galvez. They're going to give the third baseman uh, Franco another chance. Um, you know, he never really lived up to his hype. They got El Faro, uh, a top prospect they got from the Rangers, to catch in the Cole Hamels deal. Um, so they got a lot of young pieces, and you know a lot of people expect them to be in on Machado, maybe Harper next year, so they may you know they could fill out the rotation now if uh Cobb and Jake's willing to take four or five year deals, oh yeah, and then they go get that superstar centerpiece this off season if they strike out on Harper and Machado, they got money for Donaldson or anybody else that may be a free like Philadelphia can run a $200 million payroll oh, and yeah. they've done it before and they've saved money over the last several years. So, I mean, they're just a juggernaut waiting to happen if they're young guys. And that's what juggernauts take nowadays because of the way baseball's went is your, your young guys turning out. Yeah, You become a juggernaut because look at the Cubs. They're not a juggernaut. If, Chris Bryan and Wilson Contreras or whatever. The Dodgers are not a juggernaut if uh,
0: – Cody Bellinger. Uh,
1: Seager and Bellinger um, are not turning out. And, you know, the Yankees with Judge and uh, – Sanchez. You know, and yeah. Sanchez and Dee And uh, the and the reason that the Yankees aren't in on third baseman, speaking of the Yankees, is Miguel Andrew Hart has already got four home runs this spring um he's a he's one of their top third base prospects um and they were said that they really wouldn't want they didn't they wouldn't offer him in a trade wow for any of these these pitchers they were trying to get for Garrett Cole or or uh, uh Chris Archer and so it's looking like he's probably going to win the opening day third base job and so the Yankees still got i mean their infield well they got DD D. at shortstop, and Gleyber Torres is probably going to win the second base job. Like, the Yankees are going to become juggernaut because they got all these young guys. Oh yeah, and you know that's why they're going to be able to afford. That's why they can afford Stanton. Just, I mean, they're the Yankees. They're the richest team. But when you got four or five guys that are making minimal salaries. Oh yeah, that's you know you know just think of these teams. The the Red Sox if they don't have Mookie Betts and Xander Bogarts, you know, they don't. And, and Benny Bombs, they don't – got to have your young guys turn out. So Philadelphia – and then you got to acquire people to put around them. Yep. And that's something that CEO's been masterful at. Andrew Friedman and Dodgers have done pretty well. Uh, Jeff Lou now in Houston did phenomenal to get the pieces he helped need to, to bring a World Series to Houston. So, you know, Philadelphia is right there on the cusp of it. They seem to be the – the team that can strike big this
0: offseason. Yeah, I think that that you know that could be a real interesting storyline if you start to see Philly make some moves. Uh, so I think kind of the other big note uh, as far as spring training injuries are concerned, uh, and this one is kind of close to home for me and Lucas. It's Lucas' alma mater. We both, you know, that's where the podcast started was in Springfield, uh, MSU grad and Chicago White Sox prospect Jake Berger had a ruptured Achilles this week and Lucas you made the recommendation of them signing Mike Moustakas
1: yeah you know and that's for several reasons one Achilles injuries are tough to come back from you don't know what you're going to get um, you got to be pretty mobile at third base I think Jake Berger was probably never going to be a starting third baseman for them yeah. it's possible but he may be they were probably he's probably going to thrive on his hit tool and maybe DH or come off the bench or something. Yeah. Um, secondly, he's still out there, so his price may drop. Thirdly, they were in, they were trying to get Manny Machado. Man, he was going to play third for them because they got a shortstop sign long term, Tim Anderson. So, of course, you always make room for Manny Machado.
0: Oh, absolutely. But.
1: I'm you know, the Ride Sox, they're the same thing with the Phillies that we was just talking about. They got these prospects that are huge prospects, especially in their pitching staff, and even though that's fickle, they got five high pitching prospects. One of them's probably gonna turn into an A statistically. Oh yeah. The other ones will probably be three, four, five. I mean, that's not their prospect status, but we know how it is with pitching. If you hit on one out of every five, you're doing good.
0: Oh, for sure you're pitching.
1: So you know the White Sox. Hell, who knows? Like they sign Mystacis, there's their left-handed power bat. Um, so, I, and I honestly think the White Sox would have a chance to compete for a wild card spot in the American League. I'm not saying they'd get it because I'm kind of high on uh, a few different teams in the American League this year for the wild card. But the Angels, uh, yes, and I don't think. I just don't think the White Sox could go wrong signing Moustakis. I mean, what, a five-year, you know, a five-year, $80 million deal might do it.
0: Yeah, and I mean, that's Maybe not outrageous 90. money. that'd be
1: around that. No, it's not outrageous. That would be the Dexter Fowler type uh, signing or Linz, a Lorenzo Cain type signing. Yeah. And that's just the market for Moose right now.
0: Yeah, and I think that Moose would have to be happy if he was able to get that this late in the game.
1: Yeah, because there's things, I mean, teams are not just, unless they get desperate, they're not going to sign for that much money. I was just reading some Inside Baseball with John Heyman, and he was talking about Gerard Dyson, that he had an offer early this offseason for two years, $14 million. And after J.D. Martinez signed with the Red Sox, he ended up signing with the Diamondbacks for two years, $7.5 Wow. So his market got cut in half. Holy in two, cow. In two and a half months. Yeah, but I mean that's
0: basically what JD Martinez, you know, from what he wanted to what he signed for was almost half.
1: Yeah, and that's, you know, I don't think you wanted as much as Jake, but you was probably thinking 170, 180. Cubs got him for 126. I mean, that's not quite half, but it is a stark, you know, he's not getting 28 to 30 million dollars a year that that some of these guys like Kershaw and Price and you still got Gronk who's making like 33 34 million a year. Yeah.
0: I'm going to go ahead and make a prediction right now. I think that moving forward that the big money for baseball players is going to be taking an early extension with the team that they they came up with or that they got traded to. Kind of yeah. a, a Kershaw um you know Mike Trout he'll probably get a big extension whenever his five-year, $100 million deal is up with the Angels. But I think that's where the money's going to be, man. I don't think it's going to be there in free agency for everybody. Now, you'll see Bryce Harper get a lot of money next year. You'll see Machado get a lot of money next year. But I think that it will be the best of the best make those contracts and everybody else but is. the
1: reason, well, and it's not just, you're right with the best of the best, but it's not just that they're the best of the best it's their age. Yes, Machado absolutely. And Harper, they started their time started their crew when they were 19 years old. And it's the same with Hayward. I mean, yeah. that's what you know everyone laughs at the Cubs because of the deal they made on him, but he was 26 years old at the time and it was coming off a very good season he had with St. Louis. You know, it's he's 26, okay, 8 years, that's a no-brainer. Now, you know, no one's giving a 30-year-old, you know, Eight years. I mean, Eric Hosmer didn't even get eight years, right? It was seven? Yep. He wanted ten coming into the offseason.
0: No, I'm sorry. Uh, I was wrong. Uh, Hosmer's deal was eight years.
1: Was it eight? Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, eight it's for 144.
0: Yeah. No, it's not. And it's not going to be for but a lot of sure those guys. It wasn't
1: the $200 million or whatever they were thinking he was going to get. So but, You know, you may be on to something but I don't know if agents will let their players do it because I think this new, when the CBA is out in 2021, I think there's going to be some drastic changes as far as what players are paid through the first six years, or it may be four years and then they're a free agent or something. Yeah. I
0: think something's um, going to have to have to happen to benefit the players on that aspect.
1: So I don't know if anyone will say that, but you know, if. Right now, if you're – I'm trying to think. Chris Bryant's hard to use because when you're one of the top five players in the game, you're not – you know, he's still got four years left with the cut. Yeah, you know, if he wants the big money in four years, he's going to be 30. He might think about signing a 10-year, $300 million deal right now. Yeah. You know, whatever. He's 26, I think. So, if he's 29, 30 years old when he hits free agency, he may be looking at well team may only let's say nothing changes with the CBA uh, well the team's going to say well you're going to start declining at about 33 34 years old so mm-hmm. we only want to go four years on you we might go five just to get you but we're only going to do a 28 million maybe 30 million average yeah you know if he wants to be signed through the 3637 he might think about long term right now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I would. I mean, when you think about the overall dollar value of those contracts, if he did that now versus if he waits four more years, three more years, whenever he hits free agency, that's going to be a lot of yeah, money plus lost. Plus,
1: he would start. Yeah, plus he would start making that money now instead of the. I mean, and the Cubs have been fairly generous. They've been paying him a lot more than he's had to. But
0: yeah, so yeah. Uh, I I got to give a little. I've been rewatching The Office for the first time in a few years, and. Uh, the episode where uh, Michael Scott goes to buy the condo and Dwight Schrute's like, whew, a 30-year note at your age, you're basically buying a coffin. And with that relates to free agency of if you're giving a 30, 31-year-old a 10-year deal, you're basically buying your coffin as a general manager because you're going to end up with a bad deal the last five years of that contract.
1: I mean, and that's not even anything new. I mean, because Poole is yeah. looking bad I mean although he still drives and runs. Arod. Uh, you know, Miggy, A Rod, uh you know, so but the good year I would the Angels never got a mvp type season from Albert Pujols. They've gotten I in my opinion, St. Louis fans ain't gonna agree with me. But they've gotten dutching out of
0: them no they absolutely have
1: maybe not the saber stuff and i'm a saber guy i like saber metrics. i like the old school stats too though like the angels they can afford it though people get too caught up on oh, teams they'd sign they can afford it yeah
0: absolutely <laughs> the they can afford can. it
1: the cubs can afford jason hayward the yankees can afford stanton even if they can afford ellsbury and his 25 million dollars a year are sitting on the bench yep you know These teams can afford it. Teams get too caught up in, you know, I don't buy that crap anymore. I mean, Pulse deserved his money. He got it. Teams aren't going to do that anymore, though, for Hall of Fame players. Yeah. Miggy earned his money, but he's not, you know, I mean, I hope a bounce back from Miggy. He's one of my favorite right handed hitters to watch of all time. Oh, yeah. These guys were getting too caught up in, his fans were getting too caught up in the money. The players, you know, they were caught up in the money but their attitude is gonna to have to change some because these teams they just think free spending like they was
0: yeah absolutely so let's go on to a little football talk real quick the Chiefs have made probably the two biggest moves of the offseason they traded Alex Smith to Washington and then they traded Marcus Peters to the Rams I was not surprised at the Alex Smith trade. I was surprised to see him go to the Redskins because that means they're done with Kirk Cousins. Yeah, that shocked me. Yeah, that was a huge shocker for me, and I think for a lot of football. And then the I think kind of the big shocker for me for the Chiefs was the fact that they traded Marcus Peters to the Rams.
1: I'm not surprised at all. He I knew that too. I mean, he threw he got into it with the coach. During a game, threw a flag in the stands. Lamar Hunt is was not thrilled, or Clark, Clark. whichever one. Lamar's been dead for a while. Yeah, well, he probably ain't happy about it either. But with (laughs) Marcus Peters kneeling, you know, that was a huge like. I mean, Clark was very, very, very against kneeling for the anthem. Yeah. He wasn't as outspoken as Jerry Jones, but I, know, think, he kno- I think he knew I think he knew his fan base. And stuff was... Yeah, I mean, you in Kansas City, your fan base is real conservative, most football fans are. Yeah. Um not the writer so much, but fans are. I mean, that's just statistics. Yeah. yeah. Um but here's my I've always thought Marcus Peters was a little overrated. Now he's good. Don't get me wrong, he picks the ball off He's good with the ball in his area. If he, you know, if it's in his area, he's gonna knock it down or grab it or something. But he's not the shutdown guy that Daryl Revis or Richard Sherman was, where they didn't even throw to his side of the field. Oh yeah, no quarterbacks not at all. were okay with challenging him because he could get beat like a Russian racehorse. Oh yeah, and the and some people think the return was kind of light on him. I don't really think it it was. What do you think about that, the return? What was it, a second and a fourth?
0: Yeah, it was or a second. A third
1: and a fourth? I thought
0: it was a second and a fourth. I think
1: it might have been a second and a fourth. I know I, I talked to some Chiefs fans around here that i seen in, in public the other night. at the district game. I saw some Chiefs fans, and they're like, they're like, I can't believe we ain't heard what, this was before what came out yet. And they told me, they're like, it's got to be a first-round pick or they lose this trade. And I was like, Maybe it could be addition by subtraction, though, but he's yeah, a first-round... I mean, he's probably worth a first-round pick if he didn't have attitude problems.
0: Yeah, and I think that that's probably what a lot of that came down to. And they're losing Derek Johnson. Uh, who knows where Eric Berry's going to be? And I think to have a guy like Peters on your defense, you need strong leadership. And I think that Kansas City was able to do that with Johnson and with Berry, but with Johnson gone you don't kind of know where Eric Berry is. Marcus Peters needs discipline. He needs player discipline from his and peers and strong discipline cuz I mean that was known. That was known before he came into the league when the Chiefs
1: drafted him. Yeah, because he's a top 10 talent that they didn't think was going to go in the first round because of his issues. Yeah was getting along with coaches and teammates and stuff like that. But they think him going to L.A. and he's going to be closer to Compton, which is where he's from. Well, I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing. I mean, I yeah. think it might be good that it's closer to home. But anytime you still want to hang out in Compton when you're rich, I don't know <laughs> if that's good or not. Um, but I do want to point something out that I did read today. It's kind of two things. When one executive kind of said, hey, the stuff that we seen, the kneeling for the flag, the throwing the flag into the stand, the, the penalty, the yellow flag into the stands, getting into it with the coach on a the sideline. They're like that stuff you guys are seeing on Sunday. They're like, there's still Monday through Saturday stuff that the public don't see. Oh yeah. that may have caused issues. And they said that the fact that Cleveland where John Dorsey's at now and, uh, Indianapolis where, uh, all oh, the other Chiefs guy went. What was his name? Oh, from the front office. Yeah, uh, I
0: can't. Uh, I can't think of his name right now. It's killing me. Well, they
1: said they. I mean, they have they have cornerback needs and the draft capital to get him, and they weren't interested in him. Yeah. At all, and I think that might speak volumes as to some of the stuff that us people just in the public are not privy to.
0: Chris uh,
1: so Ballard. I, that's why. That yeah, Chris Ballard. I. That's why I think a second and a fourth is an okay return for him.
0: Yeah. So, talking of draft picks and the draft, the combine, oh, man. There's nothing I love more than this week when they were doing a Jamarcus Russell arm comparison on <laughs> Allen, the quarterback from Wyoming. Anytime you get to throw a Jamarcus Russell comparison out there, I'm all for it. Go for it, go for it, go for it.
1: <laughs> I read I read one scout that said Josh Allen's got the best, strongest arm he's ever seen. Ever. And the first thought that comes to my mind was like, holy shit, that means it's stronger than Jamarcus Russell, Mike Vick, Ben <laughs> Roethlisberger, some of these guys that can just flat out chuck it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so you know who I'm else had a like... strong arm? Blaine Gabbert. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. To me... I, and I don't want your thoughts on this. I'm a Sammy Darnot guy. I know he struggled at times this year, but I think that he's got it.
1: See, I, if I had to pick a quarterback out of this class, I'm Baker's Mayfield guy.
0: Oh, I love Baker Mayfield. He almost converted me to an OU football fan this year.
1: <laughs> I think I like him. He's short, I think, but he's short, but who cares? Russell Wilson short, Drew Brees short. And Case, they got as many Case rings. Case Keenum is short. Yeah, well, yeah, but Russell and Drew Brees both have as many rings as Aaron Rodgers, or yeah, you know, they got. You know, I'm trying to think of maybe some other guys that more might than have Matt one that are tall, more than Matt Ryan, yeah. more than Matt Stafford. Uh, I think they get a little too much in the height. Oh yeah. Uh, worried about it, but May- I think Baker is a is a winner. He's compared to Johnny Manziel a lot, but he's nowhere, he's nowhere near Manziel no. level off the field.
0: I think people forget what Johnny in his prime was actually like. Like
1: right, yeah, yeah. In his prime of of you know tantalizing football player, just mesmerizing. Off the field was really, really bad. I don't think I don't think Bakers like that where he get GWI and ran for some cops. I mean, half of the twenty year olds that's been in college has ran for <laughs> cops or or have driven who or, are or have drove drunk and just didn't get caught.
0: Yeah, I yeah. mean
1: that's I mean... not worry. I'm not worried about that whatsoever. Johnny Manziel was a rich kid. I'm sure he was, you know, having some booger sugar. In college, doing oh, all this I'm other sure stuff. He was. you know, sure Maybe Baker was, too. I don't know. But I don't think Baker's at Johnny Manziel level. And I was no. today that he absolutely hates that comparison. Oh, I would, too. I would, too. That reminds me, that like, Johnny Manziel is, like, clean and, like, on bipolar meds and stuff now. And he's supposed to be, like, trying to make a comeback. So, yeah, I he heard... said today he would play for free.
0: Yeah, I heard him on Pardon My Take a couple of weeks ago. And he sounds like he's got his stuff together a little bit.
1: Yeah. Speaking of, pardon my take, them guys are a jo- Jeff Josh Allen podcast.
0: Oh, I heard that. I heard yeah. that. And we are not, for the record, we are not a Josh Allen podcast.
1: Uh, You're Baker's I, I, Mayfield. And yeah. And Sammy Darnold.
0: But, I mean, I love Baker Mayfield. Like, my favorite thing about him that people criticize was when he did the old crotch grab at the KU fans.
1: That was hilarious.
0: Oh, and it's KU man. Who doesn't want to do he, that? But
1: when he planted the flag at Ohio State, yes, they were yes, yes the year before, yes. that was the all-time greatest thing I'd ever seen. And the fact that he had to apologize about it was just blew my mind because I wouldn't have. Yeah, oh, that is sweet. He come with the he come prepared with a flag. Yes. And he lived up to it, his own expectations.
0: I know. That That's is, the
1: winner right there.
0: That is for sure. I uh, I just oh. enjoy all of his antics.
1: I just thought of another quote that I've been wanting to talk about on this podcast. When Mel Kiper Jr. was talking about Josh Allen, and he said, Stats are for losers. <laughs> <laughs> that, Josh Allen, that Josh Allen had to hide in the arm or something. And he goes, Stats are for losers. I was like, "That is, that is just... Climax Mel Kiper Jr. Oh, I love it! I love Mel Kiper Jr. Uh, I do too. Which I, and you know I'm pretty against ESPN nowadays, but I'll probably watch the draft on ESPN because of Mel Kiper. I mean, we got three options now because Fox is also going to. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, well, Fox got the new Thursday night deal, and they're going to get some special uh, some special events too. They're going to be able to uh, have a draft show as well and ESPN, and of course, NFL Network has theirs as well. So now man. we got three options to watch the draft, but I'm going to go with Mel Kuiper just because, but ESPN is going to be a little different because now John Gruden's not going to be, and I always like the John Gruden-Mel Kuper dynamic because oh, Kuyper's got all these so great. This scout look and his stats and stuff, and John Gruden will just like disagree with uh, you know how John Gruden
0: Mel this is a football guy this is a football guy he eats football he breathes football he sleeps football I want a guy like this on my team Mel
1: and the thing is he will say that about all 32 I
0: know (laughs) if you watch like the third day when they're in like the sixth round and it's like a long snapper out of northern Colorado and John Gruden's talking about like the grit that this guy has I just love it
1: Oh, John Gruden I don't know if there's anyone more passionate about football. I hope he succeeds in open.
0: Oh yeah. I'm sure those guys are gonna love playing for him.
1: Yeah, I think he's just I think he's the right guy for Derek Carr right now. Derek Carr needs some discipline. Needs someone to ride him pretty tough. And I yeah. think Gruden's gonna gonna do that. I think uh some guys are questioning saying, Well, he's too old school now. I don't know about that. I mean old school guys win pretty consistently Andy Reid Bill Belichick I mean Andy Reid don't win in the playoffs but but they make the playoffs Bill Belichick Andy Reid you know Marvin Lewis got the playoffs like five straight times he's Mm. old as school but (laughs) suck the Bengals is what I always say (laughs) how does that turn a bitch he gets fired loses his job tells everyone he's done being the coach and then like two days later the Bengals are like you know what I'm we're panicking right now so we're going to give Marvin Lewis a 2-year deal.
0: I think what we got here Lucas is a good old-fashioned case of double blackmail. I think that <laughs> Marvin Lewis has a picture of like the owner or the general manager with a hooker and I think that the owner and the general manager also have a picture of Marvin Lewis with a hooker where he can't fi- they can't fire him because of his blackmail and he can't quit because of their blackmail, so they're, like, uh, having a full-on it's Mexican like a, standoff here. some sort here. of Mexican standoff <laughs> going
1: on. I don't know. Like, my cousin Terry's a Bengals fan. I mean, he's an old-school Niners fan like them guys were when they all jumped on that Niners bandwagon back in the 80s, like Richie and Terry. And oh, them. yeah. But I just had to say that because Richie always talks about bandwagoners. But there's a reason he's a Bulls fan and a Niners fan. Oh, and a Nebraska fan? For some reason. Every team yeah. that
0: was good in the 90s, Richie's a fan of?
1: <laughs> and so I always have to throw that out there about them guys. But I was texting Terry. I was like, I was like, did you just see this on Twitter? Like Marvin Lewis is back. He was not the coach for like a week. They were interviewing his coordinators for the head coaching job. And then out of nowhere, Bengals just signed Marvin Lewis to a two-year deal. And we're like, whoa. Terry's like, you got to be kidding me because he hadn't seen the news yet. He's like, that is unbelievable. That yeah. is classic Bengals football. And I was like, I could not agree more. But all
0: right lucas we better wrap this up so i can get it uploaded now that i've figured out how to upload on the new soundcloud uh any parting thoughts
1: uh well maybe next week we'll have some new information on some things stay tuned for our baseball preview which the game's starting like 27 days yeah so i mean this may be kind of i'm sorry to everybody this might be a rush preview type thing. I have no idea, but we don't want to do it until these – there's still several major players to be signed. That could be a game changer. Oh, yeah. For standings and rankings and things like that. So, you know, we don't really want to get ahead of ourselves and say, you know, uh, you know who knows? maybe what, We don't want to say the Nationals, you know, win 90 games and then they sign Jake Arrieta. Oh, yeah. We're like, oh, well, fuck, they might win 94, 95 games now. They might be able to get past the first round for once. Yeah. You know, Although I'm not going to say that's it. going to happen. I doubt <laughs> it myself. So but we want to be as accurate as possible with the information that we have. So
0: Absolutely. And my parting thought is hopefully on next week's podcast, in addition to talking about some baseball moves, we're also able to talk about how Michael Porter Jr. has just tore up Arkansas. And Mizzou's getting ready to make a big run in the SEC tournament.
1: Well, Mountain Grove tore up his little brother the other night. Oh, did they play Father Tolton? In Rolla in the sectionals and beat him by like 12 or something like that. Wow.
0: Is the little brother not as big?
1: I don't know. I think he's only sophomore. So
0: yeah,
1: I was looking at their lineup and I think I seen sophomore by his name. So well, maybe he's still got some growing to do. If I remember right. 2 years ago
0: or was I believe it was 2 years ago was the year that uh Michael and or Michael Jr and Jonte were playing in Seattle were licking if had they won districts would have matched up with Father, Father Tolton and Sectionals and unfortunately that would have been the most lopsided state basketball playoff game of all time
1: I, I mean it's possible I don't want to put you know I Oh, I also want to say more on a local level, though. Congratulations to the Licking Girls advancing to the quarterfinals.
0: Oh, yeah. Congratulations to, to them. them. They that have wasn't... a
1: tall, tall, tall order Saturday against the Stafford Stafford team that hasn't lost in like three years. Wow.
0: And for the record, I wasn't trying to throw shade on the team a few years back, but Michael Porter Jr. is like six foot eleven and a guard, and Jonte is supposed to be a senior now that just dropped like 28 on vandy on the road the other night so a lot of talent to compete with there
1: oh yeah yeah
0: but all right that's all we got uh lucas we'll we look forward to talking next week everybody hope you enjoyed it and we will talk to you all next week